Hey, good morning. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I want to start with a quick question. Have you ever heard an ad on the TV or the radio? You know, they're advertising something like lose 40 pounds in 40 days. And you're like, oh my gosh, 40 pounds in 40 days. And you grab your phone and you're ready to order. But there's always the disclaimer at the end, you know, the side effects. And uh, they're really fast and you can barely even understand them, but they're there. It's like lose 40 pounds in 40 days by taking a pill a day. Oh, by the way, we'll call it may cause paralysis, blindness, and possibly sprouting a third arm. And you're like, wow. But 40 pounds in 40 days? I mean, and a third arm, that could be kind of, come on in, you know? So, but there's always, what I would say, the fine print. Say the fine print, right? In fact, type the fine print in comments. Title of today's message. Can I, can I tell you something? There was a time I, I totally missed the fine print. Check this out. So my pastor is talking about some books that he's recommending, and one of them was, one of them was called The Life You Always Wanted. And I'm like, I want to live that life. I want to live the life that I always wanted. So I was in. So after the message, I ran home and I jumped on eBay. Yeah, that's right, eBay. And I get on there and I find that book, The Life You Always Wanted. And it was like 15, 20 bucks, whatever. And I click buy it now. And I bought it now and I couldn't wait. It took forever, but seven to 10 days. It got to my house and I was so excited. I rip open the package. I look in the, uh, I look down in there and I'm like, what in the heck? And I reach down and pull out this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, I'm not kidding you, this is what shows up. I, okay, if I was Frodo from Lord of the Rings, this would be awesome, but I'm not him, okay? Uh, the life you, the life you always wanted. This is the book I never wanted. I was, I was so, I was so, that's what came. I was so ticked off. I'm like, I'm gonna leave negative feedback. And I never, I'm a, I never leave negative feedback, but I'm like, I was so mad. So I get on eBay and I go there and I'm like, wait a minute, let me just double check the description and way at the bottom in the fine print, book two inches by three inches. I'm like, why would you even? I've, I've never read it, I never will. In fact, get that in my face, I don't even want it. So, I mean, are you kidding me? Missed the fine print in that one, didn't I? See, we're in a series called Follow. Say follow. 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 So Jesus is talking about what it means to follow him. And in this message, the fine print, I'm gonna show you the fine print that Jesus gives. In fact, Jesus is gonna show you the fine print that Jesus gives. And I believe it's gonna radically change your life because the fine print, right away you might think, ah, uh, that's no wonder it's fine print. But, but the way that we're gonna unpack it today, you're gonna to see that the fine print makes it even better than what you thought it was. So lean into this. You go to Mark 8 in, in the Word. You got your, I know you got your phone with you, seriously. Come on, pull up the YouVersion Bible app, go to Mark 8, or we'll put it up on the screen, whatever. Mark's the second book in the New Testament. And uh, so Mark 8, let me set it up. Jesus, there's a lot of people gathering around Jesus at this point. He's doing tons of miracles. He's changing lives. He's feeding people with bread and fish and buffet style. It's incredible. Um, Jesus is healing people left and right, healing girlfriends and best friends and moms and dads. It's awesome. Jesus is turning water into wine. Everybody's following Jesus around with their water bottle. Jesus, turn my body into Jesus. I'll take red. I'll take red. Jesus is like, it's 9.30 in the morning. They're like, oh, it's five o'clock somewhere, Jesus. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Whatever. So, um, so Jesus is doing great things. And, but what Jesus is realizing right now is he's got a lot of people that are consuming. But he, I think Jesus is wondering, are you really following? Okay. Uh, they want to consume the wine. They want to cons consume the buffet. They want to consume those miracles and the good things. But, but what about the fine print? What about when he hits them with that? Are, so this is a question that I'll just hit you with right away. And me, are we consuming or are we following? I'm just asking, are you consuming or are you following? Because there's a huge 
difference. So check it out. In Mark 8, uh, let's start in the 27th verse. I'll read it to you. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. So they're traveling a little ways. As they were walking along, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they're like, well, we've heard a lot of different things, Jesus. You know, some say you're John the Baptist. Um, others say you're that prophet Elijah from the Old Testament. Others say you're other prophets from the Old Testament. And then Jesus continually walks, and then he asks them a question, probably the most, the biggest, most important question that we could ever be asked and that they could ever be asked. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked them, and you and I today, who do you say that Jesus is? And Peter, bold Peter replies, you are the Messiah. Now, Messiah is a term that you've probably heard before, but, but let me tell you what it means. So Messiah, that is a Hebrew or a Jewish word that literally means the anointed one. So they're saying, Jesus, you are the anointed one. You are the savior. You're the one we've been waiting for. In fact, that same term in the Greek is Christ. That's what, that's what it means in the Greek. Now, some of you, come on, be straight with me. You thought Christ was his last name, didn't you? Don't lie. You thought his middle initial was H. You thought his last name was Christ. I know you did. So let's just, you know, we're in church. Let's just tell the truth. So, but uh, um, anointed one. They've made a declaration about, about who they believe Jesus is. And this is huge. And, and, and Jesus, listen to this, what he says in verse 30. But he warned them, don't tell anyone at this point. Don't tell anyone about him, about Jesus. And you might think, well, that's weird. I mean, you're the king of the world. You're the savior of the world. Why, why wouldn't we tell everyone? Because it wasn't God's timing. Okay, it wasn't God's timing and God knew it. See, God's timing is perfect. Ours jacked up and you know it and I know it. And some of you, you're wondering when God's gonna show up. You're wondering when you're gonna see this happen or that happen or that answered prayer or anything. You keep seeking Jesus, I promise you, his plans are better than yours. Keep trusting him, his timing is best. And that's why he said, you know, you said it and you're right, I am the Messiah, but we can't be telling people about it quite yet. So then Jesus starts to unpack. After this, Jesus starts to unpack fine print. And this is what he says. Verse 31. Say, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. Hope you're ready. Type, I'm ready in comments because you need to be ready for this. Verse 31. Then Jesus began to tell them that this Messiah, this anointed one, this son of man, the son of God must suffer. He must suffer many terrible things and he'll be rejected by the elders, by, rejected by the leading priests, rejected by the teachers of religious law. Not only that, but he would be killed. Jesus, the anointed one, this Messiah, he would be killed. But three days later, he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with the disciples, Peter takes Jesus aside. You got to love this, Peter. He takes Jesus aside, right in the word of God, and begins to reprimand the king of kings for saying such things. Okay, can we agree there are things you just don't do, okay? I mean, Peter, there's things you just don't do. For example, never pee in a dream. I've told you that before, okay? It, it's not gonna go well for you, all right? You never put ketchup on a steak, okay? Or your eggs, either one. I don't care who you are. If you're doing that, repent right now, okay? That is wrong. God hates that, he told me. So um, you never, if you're, if, if you're ever in a horror movie, I'm sure you will be someday, right? In fact, some of you, you think 2020, you're living a horror movie. If you're ever in a horror movie, you never say, I'll be right back. You know why? Because when you say that, you 
ain't gonna be right back. You ain't coming back, okay? I'm just saying, there's, these are givens. You don't do these things. You don't, you don't drive slow in the left lane. How many times have I talked about that? You don't drive slow in the left lane. Okay, if you're getting passed on the right, Okay, number one, you, you don't know Christ, for sure. If, if, number two, if that happens, you should drive yourself straight to the DMV, relinquish your driver's license, and be done, okay? That's, that is, wow, and never, ever, ever, this is the final one, never take a sleeping pill and a laxative at the same time, okay? I'm just saying, don't do it. You ask Casey, it, 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 is, it is a messy situation, so. Those are things you don't do. Peter, you don't reprimand the son of God, all right? You don't, do <laughs> oh, that was fun. You don't do that. But you know why Peter's doing that, right? See, Peter's enjoying the, the, the benefits of following Jesus, right, at this point, as much as he was following. Because there, there was huge benefits. I told you about the miracles. I told you about the feedings. I told you about the perks that come with knowing Jesus. See, they're at the height of the popularity, and I'm sure Peter is thinking, Jesus, you, you do not say this stuff again. You don't kill the Messiah. You're the Messiah, Jesus. Don't forget who you are, Jesus. The winds bow down to you. The waves listen to you, Jesus. Come on, don't forget this. Stop being so negative. Crack, snap out of it, Jesus. You are the son of God. But, but Jesus says, I am the son of God, but the son of God must suffer. And, and that's the fine print that some of us want to miss. See, some of us, oh, some of us, we want the miracles of Jesus, but we don't want to follow the message of Jesus. Okay. Big difference. Big difference. I'll take the miracles God given to me left and right. Honestly, that's what Peter wanted. He wanted the miracles, but when the message got to be the fine print, whoa, he didn't want to follow the message of Jesus. Are you following the message of Jesus? Verse 33, this is getting good. Jesus turned around and looked at the disciples and he put it back on Peter. Bible says the same word. He reprimands Peter. Get away from me, Satan. Okay, Bryce, I've been called a lot of things in my life. I mean, like what? Don't ask me that question because I'm in church, I can't tell you. But uh, I don't know if I've ever been called the Prince of Darkness, possibly, but I don't know if I have. I mean, Peter just declared he's the son of God. And a minute later, Jesus calls him Satan because that's how, that's how important it was for them to understand the fine print of following Jesus. It is huge. It is absolutely huge. So, so he says, get away from me, Satan. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's point of view. Let's park there for one second. 2020. Well, how are you looking at the year? How are you, what lens are you looking through? I see so many people, and I've been guilty of this too, looking at it through a human point of view. And God is saying, you're forgetting who I am. You're forgetting I'm on the throne. You're so worried about the government. You're so worried about um, conspiracies. You're so worried about all these things. Do you forget who created the world? Do you forget, forget who knitted you in your mother's womb? Uh, no wonder you're walking around with so much anxiety and so much depression and so much anxiousness. What lens are you looking through? And it's like, God, I don't think this anxiety is ever going to leave me. That's the human point of view. But God's point of view says, you know what? I am your comfort and I am your strength. And this is only temporary, right? Yeah. So God is telling you that. But God, there's so much division. There's so much tension. There's so much strife. And God says, but through my lens, you know what I see? So much opportunity to be the hope that you want to see, to truly love others like I love you. Oh, God. But God, I know what you're saying. I just, it's so hard to comprehend. School's coming up. There's so much uncertainty. Work, I don't know what's going to happen. 
The economy, is it going to crumble? The future, I don't know what's, and Jesus says, you know what? Don't worry about any of that because while you're trying to figure it all out, I have gone before you and I am working it all out. See, either we believe that God does good in all things or we don't. We either believe he is the alpha and the omega or we don't, but he is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. Is the world messed up? Yes, but Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world. That's what he says. So what lens will you look through? Man, certainly don't look through the lens of a media or, or a, a, any kind of media. Look through the lens of the Bible and God. That's what Jesus told him. Peter, you're missing the whole reason I came. Oh my, so that is huge. So let's continue. But, but I, don't, I can't fault Peter too much because Peter knows something about what Jesus is saying as he gives the fine print. If the Son of Man is going to be rejected by religious leaders and he's the biggest religious figure there is, well, followers, we're probably going to get rejected. Like, like if he's persecuted, we're going to probably get persecuted. If he's killed, and Jesus is like, you're catching on, Peter. You're catching on to the fine print, but lean in because there's more. Say there's more. There's more. There's so much more. So let's go. Verse 34. So, so here's what Jesus does. He's talking to the disciples, Peter and Bartholomew and Philip, and then, he's, then he calls to the crowd, the others that are, that are hovering and waiting for Jesus to do something grand that only Jesus can do, and what could they get out of it? Jesus calls them all in. So this is like Jesus calling you and I in. So he says, come, this is for everybody now. And the crowd comes in, and Jesus has to them all, if any of you, this is huge. What's the name of our series? Follow. follow. The whole name of the series is follow. Jesus is going to lay it on the line right here. If any of you want to follow, this is it. It's what you've been waiting for. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must deny yourself. Take up a cross and follow me. Understand what Jesus just said. Taking up a cross, a cross, the instrument of pain and death in this time. I mean, people understand something about the cross. I know that now we'll wear it as jewelry. We'll tattoo it on our shoulder. But back then... Oh my gosh, it was a repulsive, re- reprehensive instrument of, of complete torture. People, Jesus wasn't the only one crucified. People were crucified all the time uh, from the Roman government. And they would let him hang up there for people to see. And even when they took him down, the cross would stay up there for people to see what would happen to them if they would cross Rome. Nothing about the cross was attractive, nothing. So when Jesus would say, take up your cross, uh, many would grab their bag and they would head out. I'll guarantee you. They would bow out at this time. They'd be like, Jesus? Even the disciples might be thinking, you know, um, you've done some good miracles. You fed a lot of people. Um, even that time you came to my mother-in-law house, my mother-in-law's house, and you healed her. I, I'm still kind of conflicted about that, but still, you you did it. Um, <laughs> but now, Jesus, you know, I, I might just I might have to hold off. You know, I might have to wait a few years and come back and see if the fine prints change because what you're saying is is I mean a cross. It, it, it would be so foreign, but Jesus spoke like nobody else spoke. And see, so this year, why I think this is such a defining year for you and for me, and why I think that it's so pivotal that we know how to follow Jesus and that we do follow Jesus and understand what it means to follow Jesus is because I believe that this is a season where God, I'm not going to tell you that he's causing. I mean, sin causes a lot. We don't have to cause anything. God don't have to cause anything. Trust me, enough bad is happening. And God will allow it to happen because God is up watching. Who's, who's got the heart for me? Who needs to be strengthened by me? Who's following me? It's like I talked about a couple weeks ago. I talked about the wheat and the chafe. And, and, and God is separating the wheat from the chafe. Or he's watching it being separated, right? The chafe 
safe is the outer shell of the wheat that's really useless. Like eventually it gets blown away and you don't need it. But, but so who's gonna get blown away in all this? Who is on sandy ground instead of solid ground? And God is just watching and he's wanting to help. And we wanna look at other agencies. We wanna look at, oh man, people are trying to take down the church and they're trying to take away my rights and my rights as a, a American or my rights as a Christian. And, and that's the biggest threat. The government's the biggest threat or, or that leftist group is the biggest threat or those people that maybe live a certain lifestyle, they're the biggest threat to the church. Can I tell you what the biggest threat to the church is? It ain't any of that. It's none of that. The biggest threat to the church today are people who call themselves Christians, but they're not actually interested in following Christ. That's the biggest threat to the church today. People who would say, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but they're not following Christ. See, I want the benefits. They want the benefits of Jesus. Oh, you got some peace for me? I'll take it. Give me that peace. Grace covers me. Cover me with that grace. Mercy? Yes, God, I want your mercy. Provision? Mm, I eat that provision for breakfast. Mm, I eat that provision for lunch. That provision is so good. I want more of that provision, God. You're so good to me. Sorry, got, got a little weird there. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. So, so we want all that, but what about, but we don't want to get so close. I ain't going to follow Jesus so close. That's going to cost me anything. That he's going to require anything of me. Like, I, like, I'll take from this, I'll consume, say consume. consume. I'll consume, but I ain't gonna get so close to follow you that it's gonna require anything. That is the biggest threat to the church. That is the biggest threat to what we stand for, to what Jesus died for. Gosh, and some of you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. You're, you're saying because, I mean, I'm not following that closely that, that maybe I'm not following Jesus. I made a decision for Christ. I prayed a salvation prayer. Listen to me. I made a decision for Christ too. Made one at 15, 17, 19, 24, 27, 29 years old. I made a decision for Christ. I thought that one would take, not so much. You know, I've made a lot of decisions for Christ. But guess what? Making a decision for Christ isn't the same as following Christ. Jesus said it. If it was all about making a decision, well, Peter would have been good. Peter made a decision, didn't he? You know what his, do you remember his decision? His decision was, you are the Messiah. Remember, he said it. Peter said it. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of God, the Anointed One, the Savior of the world. That's you. He made a decision. So if that's all it was, wouldn't Jesus say, well, okay, good, Peter. We're good. Let's, let's roll. But, but Jesus didn't say that. What Jesus said is, okay, that's good. Now here's the fine print of following me. So there's making a decision for Jesus is not the same as following. It starts there. That's, that's where it's got to start. But But this is, this is where I believe so many people are. Do you know why I think this? Why, why this hits me so deeply? Because it was me. I made a decision. I made a decision. I wasn't following Jesus anywhere, especially when it got tough, especially when the Bible says, do that, give that, go there. I don't want to do none of that. That's going to interfere. Oh, but, but that kind of brings me to the next point. This is what I wrote down. Have you allowed Jesus to interfere with your life? That's how you know you're following. Okay? I made a decision for Jesus, but he's interfering. Because check this out, there's no way to follow Jesus without him interfering with your life. Right. None. 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 So if, Jesus, if you made this decision that Jesus is the Son of God, I praise God for that because we celebrate that. But I'm telling you, if you haven't allowed that, that, that spirit working in you to allow him to impact you, to follow, where you're going to gonna feel some things and there's going to be tension. My gosh, following Jesus is not comfortable. It, not because I said it, because Jesus said it. Listen to, and then listen to what he drops now. This next verse, you talk about the wisdom of Jesus. Man, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. 
But if you give your life up for my sake and the sake of the good news, the good news of what I'm going to do on a cross and in a tomb, if you give your life up for that, you will save it. So Jesus is tying it to our salvation here. What benefit is it if you gain everything but lose your soul? That's what Jesus says. This is so huge. Now listen to me. If you don't believe in a soul, then it really doesn't matter, okay? Then you're, then you're good, right? It doesn't matter. And actually in Jesus's day, many didn't believe in an afterlife. I mean, in fact, there were religious groups, you know, we talk about the Pharisees. Well, the Sadducees, they were a religious group they didn't, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in an afterlife. They would say, when you're dead, you're dead. When you die, it's over. And many believe that's why they were sad, you see. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Pastor humor. Can't let that go. So, but, that, but understand something. The, the people that were walking with Jesus, what was their Bible? It was the Old Testament. That's all they had. They're living the New Testament, right? They're not, it's not written yet. They're living it. So in the Old Testament, never talked about the afterlife. It didn't talk about heaven. So I can't, you can't get too hard on them. But Jesus came and Jesus proclaimed it's real. Jesus preached about a place called heaven. Jesus preached even more about a place called hell. Jesus is showing them that there's more to the story. So now they're hearing that this, 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 this amazing speaker, this amazing prophet, this amazing teacher is talking. This amazing Messiah is talking about something that there's more. And it changes everything. Verse 37, is anything worth more than your soul? Yeah, it should be up on the screen below me right now. Is anything worth more than your soul? Based on what we're hearing, uh, you would have to say emphatically, no. Nothing is worth more than your soul. Not your freedom in America, not your rights, not your family, not the schools. Nothing is worth more than you. And when you settle that, when you settle that, your life will shift in such a way that you will live differently. Like, it, it changes everything. I mean, think about it. Think if, you, think if you had it all. What if you did? What if you, I mean, you know what most of the world chases are gonna chase fame. What if you were a famous person? What if you were a celebrity? What if you had millions of dollars and you had the mansion, you had the home and you had the, the walk-in closet that's as big as a house and you had it all and, you're, and, you're, and you're, you, your family's healthy and you have kids and you've got everything you could ever want. You had it all. What if you had that and then you get to be that 92 years old and you're laying in a hospital and you know it's the end of your life and an angel shows up and the angel literally speaks to you and says, there's more, there's more, and starts to lay out to you what more could be. What would you, what would you trade to, to get that more? What would you trade to get back your soul? Here's the answer, you'd trade everything. You would trade everything. Because to know that there's more, what would you trade? So you know what we just realized right now, today? And this is gonna be just, this is gonna be a game changer for somebody listening to this. This is what we realized, your soul your soul is greater than anything else. Your soul is worth more than anything else. Anything. That's what Jesus is saying. It's worth, so, so when, and when you realize that and Jesus is talking about the fine print, you know what you realize? Well, you're not really giving up anything because you're not giving up anything because your soul is worth more than everything. Think about that. Oh, I'm giving up this and I have to do that and I've got to give that. It's nothing. That's nothing compared to the, the riches and the, and the treasures and the glory that is to come. That's what Jesus is just desperate to show them. I've watched, I've watched a woman who had uh, cancer in her 50s 
And she got to a point where unless Jesus reached down and touched her and healed her, which he can do, we've, I've seen him do it, but unless he shows up in that way, the, the medicine's done, the chemo's done, nothing else is gonna save her where the, uh, how it's progressed and where it's at. So she, she t tells me, this is what she tells me when she's coherent yet and she knows. And, and she had a lot, she had a huge home, she had money, she had, she had a lot. Most of what people are striving for, she had. You know what she told me? I'd give it all up today. Here's what she said, I'd give it all up today if I could stay alive, like, like longer this side of heaven. Think of that. You, she would just die again, but that's, what if, what if you knew what was on the other side of heaven? What would you give up? I'm just trying to show you what Jesus is saying. Your soul is worth more than anything. So believing it, see, the grace of God is free. So grace is a free gift from God, and it's a beautiful thing. So believing in Jesus, it won't, I'm not, I don't want you to think it costs you something. It costs you nothing. But, I, but when you start following Jesus like that, it's going to cost you something. I, I just want to be straight with you because I've seen so many people. I made a decision for Jesus. I made a decision for Jesus. And their life's not changed at all. And I'm like, if your salvation hasn't changed you, your salvation hasn't saved you. That's what I believe, okay? Because the Holy Spirit in you has to change you. You can't have the Holy Spirit in you and not change. I think that's got to be virtually impossible. How can you hold back the Holy Spirit, the power of God? Man, but as followers of Jesus, you, you, a follower is gonna, gonna, it's gonna cost you something. I don't know how else to say it. It's going to cost you something. Jesus said, you're gonna face rejection. You're gonna face trials. You're gonna face pain. You're gonna face suffering. And you're going to experience all of that. And if you're not experiencing any of that in your life, I'll, I'll guarantee you one thing, you're not living your God-given purpose. See, our mission is to lead you to Jesus and your God-given purpose. When I talk to people about their purpose, for some reason, a lot of people think, oh, and when I'm in my purpose, it's going to be bliss and joy and amazing. And it, it'll be abundant. And there should be some joy definitely in there. It'll be anything but easy. Yeah. It'll be any, your purpose equals pain. I promise you. Your purpose equals pain. Well, I don't like that. It doesn't matter what you like. It's what it is, this side of heaven. But the, but the glory that's coming is way bigger than any pain you'll ever face today. I promise you that. So, but I, I'm pretty sure that God, with me uh, pastoring Meadows, I, I, I'm confident that being a pastor is a huge part of my God-given purpose. And I, in the last three years of, of the church plant, and I, I, it's not what was me. Listen, you've gone through tons of pain too, but there's been so much trial and pain and stuff that maybe you don't know about. And, um, and, and we all go through those things, but I'm just telling you, oh my gosh. See, ministry, I don't know if you know this, but ministry is actually working with people. I don't know. How many know people are difficult? Go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, yeah people. How many know people can suck? Yeah, I know. I'll say it out loud. They can't. It's hard. People are hard. I've always said, you know, that's why Noah let animals on the boat. We don't want people on there. Animals don't talk back. Animals don't, you know, they ain't saying, whatever, I won't go there. So anyway, so what am I telling you? It's painful. Here's what I didn't see coming in ministry. I'll just get vulnerable with you because you've been through pain. You've been through heartache. You've been through struggles when you try to give your life to something or someone and, and, and love unconditionally. And that's the way you should do. You know, like the great prophet Brett Michaels from Poison, it's better to have lost in love than never to have loved at all. I won't forget you. But anyway, so that's a whole nother deal. So uh, um, what was I saying, Bryce? I forget because you, you made me sing Poison. So, uh, oh, here I am. Got it. Okay, so one of the biggest, <laughs> Bryce is like, who's Poison? So uh, one, of the, one of the most painful things that I've experienced that I never saw coming is, is, is when people walk out, and I don't know why, 
like, um, and I don't just mean walk out of the church. Listen, I know and people come and go, and I get all that, you know, circle of life, whatever. And I, I truly want people to go uh, to find a church that, that where they can give their life away. I mean, I've always said that. I don't, whether it's Meadows or not, I don't care. Meadows is one church of many great churches. I don't care. But what, but what I didn't see coming is people that will come into my life, like personally, like as friends, where I'd sit down and I'd eat with them and we would do life together, aside from the church. And then something would happen, and sometimes I don't even know what. But sometimes I would say something, you know, sometimes I say, I say stuff, you know, like every week. But, uh, you know, um, but I found a lot of times it's not what I'm saying, it's what God's saying. And I'll preach the word of God, and they'll hear something that they didn't want to hear. And then they'll somehow get mad at me, and I'm like, okay, whatever, that's part of the gig, I guess. And they'll leave, but not only do they walk out of the church, they walk out of my life. And I'm like, God, were we ever even friends in the first place? And I'm like, is that, even with Peter, Peter, Jesus called Peter Satan, but then he gave him the keys to the kingdom. Knowing that Peter later would deny him three times, forgives him for that, and says, Peter, I'll build my church on you, the rock. I'm like, wow. I don't know, I think about a family. I, I just, I remember being in my office one day in my house, and I'm, I'm sitting in my chair, and I'm start to, I just start to think about this family. And I watched God, I thought, do such amazing things in their life. And now, you know, I basically don't, I mean, doesn't, I just don't hear from them. And I'm like, and they're gone. I'm like, I don't, and I wouldn't trade it. I'd still love them. I would still walk with them. But I just, I don't know if I've ever experienced pain like that. But I know that I'm in my purpose. So there's purpose in your pain and there's pain in your purpose. And that's what I want you to know. And I'm speaking to the person right now that you're going through pain and you're wondering if God is with you, he's with you. And you're wondering if I'm living in my purpose. If you're seeking Jesus in that purpose and you're giving him glory, then you're in your purpose. So I'm just telling you, it can be painful. Think about what Jesus said. Taking up a cross and dying, it sounds like torture, doesn't it? Making that decision, it sounds like misery. But here's what I find, when you die to yourself and you surrender to him, there's a surprising side effect. You see, because you get, when you give up your life, what you find is the life that you so desperately wanted all along. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't hang on to what you think is so good when I have something so great in store for you. See, what God wants you to know is something in your life, it needs to die. It should die. It's old because when something is dying, something else is coming to life. That's what God wants you to know. It's I'm done with the old. I'm on with the new. And in the process, there will be pain and there will be rejection and there will be struggles, but he's with you in it. That's what he wants you to know. That's why I'm so excited about baptisms. Next weekend at Nebraska Christian College, I'm super excited. So we won't be joining each other online. I mean, we'll have online service like at five o'clock on Sunday, but not nine and 11. We'll be out there partying. So you should join us out there. It's gonna be awesome. Extended worship, baptisms. But why I'm so excited is because to me that baptism, they made a decision for Jesus. That's not bad, that's awesome. But then what they're declaring what they're declaring is, you know what? The old is truly gone. I ain't just, it's not lip service, Jesus. I ain't just talking the talk. I will walk the walk. I don't want to just consume. I want to follow because your plans are always better than my plans. And baptism says the old is gone, the new is here, and here's what it says. I made the decision, and now I'm ready to follow. That's what it is. And this is so key. So, so, so is baptism your next step? A lot of confusion about who should get baptized. What are, what are, the Bible... 
First of all, there's no really baby baptisms in the Bible. So if you were baptized as a baby, I was at one point. I'm not saying that's wrong or bad. I'm just saying the Bible doesn't have any of those. Everybody in the Bible is baptized when they're old enough to make a decision for Jesus. So I'm just like, like, and, and once they make the decision for Jesus, they immediately get baptized. Maybe you've made decisions about Jesus like me over and over and over, but you've never truly followed him. You've never truly surrendered to him. Baptism is your next step. The book of Acts is the first church where Peter and the others start to build this church with Jesus at the cornerstone. Let me give you just a couple verses in Acts to show you what, what baptism means and what it looks like. Because understand something, no church will ever get it right all the time. No church is perfect. But if there's a church that ever got it right more than most churches, it had to be the first church. Why? Well, they walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. Jesus gave them a model. So if they, and they didn't get it all, and they didn't always get it right. But I'm telling you, I wanna, I wanna be like that church. And this was that church, Acts 2.41. Peter, the guy that would be called Satan. Peter, the guy that would deny Jesus three times. This, Peter would preach the first church message. That's the authority that God gave Peter. Peter preached, and it says in Acts 2.41, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, 3,000 and all. So what? They, they believed and they were baptized. You catch it. Acts 8.12, but now the people believe Philip one of the disciples who preached the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were what? Baptized. They believed the message of Jesus Christ and they were ready to follow the message of Jesus Christ. Acts 9.18, instantly something like scales fell off the eyes of who? Saul. You know who Saul was turned into? Paul, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. Scales fall off his eyes, he regains his sight, and he gets up and what? First thing he does, he's baptized. I believe in Jesus, I'm ready to follow. I believe in Jesus, I'm ready to follow. This is huge. This is what I want for you. If you have questions about baptism, or if you are ready to, 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 to follow, like, like you, you've made a decision, but you know your life really doesn't look different than anybody else, but you're like, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to lose my life, to get real life, to get true life, to get purpose-driven life. If you want that, type baptism in the comments, okay? Just type baptism in the comments right now. Uh, whether you want to get baptized next weekend or whether you have questions, either way, we'll reach out to you, but just type baptism in the comments if you're ready for that. And some of you, you know who I'm speaking to because it's hitting you like a ton of bricks right now. That, that is the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you. Gosh, believing in Jesus, the, the grace is a free gift. It doesn't cost you anything. But when you, when you follow, when you put follow behind that, there, there's, Jesus says there's going to be a cost. Following Jesus will cost you something. But can I tell you something? Not following Jesus will cost you so much more. So much more. This is why Jesus came. So that you would surrender and follow. Because he has life for you, not easy life. Not, not, not just carefree life, but joyful life, abundant life, purpose-filled life for you. And you know what I see? The truth is you can't be a follower of Jesus without the Holy Spirit in you. You can't do it. I've watched people try to follow Jesus, not be spirit-led. Oh my gosh, those people will get worn out. They'll walk away from the church. They'll walk away from their faith. They'll pray, and as soon as their prayer's not answered, they'll go move on to the next thing, and it's always the next thing, and the next thing. And they're totally worn out, wiped out. And if that's you, you very possibly might be trying to follow Jesus without the Spirit in you. And if you're trying to do that, it is a no-win situation. Because you seem to be following Christ, but when, but when something in life goes wrong, you can't overcome it. You can't overcome it. 
And, and if that's you, this message is for you. Because this is what I want to tell you. Jesus Christ, he, he, did, came, he did come. This, is, this isn't some made-up fable. This isn't some, um, I mean, it, it, the Bible. Man, just start reading the Word of God, especially in the time we're living. It will change your life. But this is what I want to tell you. There are people, and this is what I'm speaking to, you've made a decision for Jesus in the past. Before you even heard this message, you would say, are you a Christian? And you would say, yes. Are you a follower of Jesus? And you would say, yes. But as you hear this message and you think, oh my gosh, but the fine prince says, I should turn from my selfish ways. And you haven't turned from your selfish ways and you know it. And, and it says, pick up a cross, not your will, but Jesus's will. And you're like, ah, I really haven't been doing that. Uh, it, it's gonna interfere with your life. And you're like, gosh, it really doesn't interfere with my life. I got my money and I, I do my things and my hobbies and my time and I'm doing all my... If that's you, you've made this decision, but making a decision is not the same as following. It isn't the same. So gee, if it was, it would have been done as soon as Jesus said, you're the Messiah, or Peter said, you're the Messiah. It wasn't done. Jesus unpacked it further because he didn't want them to gain everything and lose it all. And I mean, when I say all, everything, the soul. Nothing is more important than what? The soul. So this is what I want you to know. You've made, you maybe made a decision for Christ. Maybe you've called yourself a Christian since the, as long as you can remember. What does it cost you? I'm, gonna, I'm asking you, what does it cost you? It'll cost you something. It's gonna cost you something. It, it's cost me and my family things, but, but, the, but the benefits and the rewards, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And you won't either, I promise you, because God's plans are so good. What's it cost you? If you're ready right now to go from just making a decision for Jesus to following Jesus, I want you to type it in comments. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. You're not just making a decision that he is the son of God, and he is. You're not just gonna make a decision that he died on a cross and rose from the dead, and he did. That, and that is huge, and that's where salvation is. That, that is the crux of salvation. But you're gonna say, I'm backing it up. I'm ready to follow him. I will take the next step. I will cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit in me, guiding me, and I want to obey the Holy Spirit. I want to follow Jesus. I know it's gonna bring trials. I know it's gonna bring pain. I know it's gonna bring heartache, but I didn't sign up for anything less than living out my God-given purpose. Why would you? Nothing is more valuable than your soul. So a type, I choose Jesus, or text, I choose Jesus to 474747. Go from just making some abstract decision that maybe you haven't allowed to change your life to saying, I will follow. Ask the Holy Spirit to come into you right now and guide you to follow. It will not be easy. That's the biggest thing I can, it won't be easy. That's why you need a church and you need people that are like-minded and you need encouragement and prayer. But, but there's so much strife in our world and there's so much, there's so many lies in our world. And the one, and, and the enemy in the world, make no mistake, it's Satan. And this is what Satan wants you to believe. This is what Satan says. He says, the, the, in the world, when I say Satan, I mean the world. Because he's the prince of the world. You can read that in the word of God. I'm telling you. When the world says, this is what the world says. You'll have glory. You can be happy. You can have joy. That's what Satan says. I will give you glory. But you know what you have in the end with Satan? Suffering. That's what, he, that's what you have. He don't want you to know that. He wants you to think it's all glory. You know what Jesus says? Jesus says, you know what? This side of heaven, you will suffer. But at one day, I will take that suffering and I will turn it into glory. That's what I would do. And you will live in the house of the Lord forever. My son came for you. My son died for you. My son rose for you so that you might live for him. That's why he came. That's what he wants you to know, man. I hope you're ready to follow today. Give him all of you. Surrender everything to him. So key. I want to pray for you. 
I pray that you'll reach out if you have questions. I pray that you will text I choose Jesus to 474747. I pray that you will text prayer now to the same number if you need us to pray for you. We love you. This world is hard. You can't do it alone. Jesus has given us a beautiful picture and then he's given us the fine print. I don't want just the benefits of following Jesus. I want all of following Jesus because when you have all of it, Jesus will use you to change the world. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. I can't wait to see you next week in Nebraska Christian College as we celebrate with worship and party and baptisms and you might just be one getting dunked. I hope so. I can't wait. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for this truth in your word. Man, in a world where we see things through our lens, let's face it, God, through a human lens like Peter was saying when he rebuked you, I mean, we're missing the bigger picture. The, the fact of the matter is this. When we follow you, it very well may cost things in the world that the world says important. I know people, it's cost money. It's cost career advancement. It's cost relationships. It's cost some things, but at the end of the day, the reward is greater than the cost by far. I want, I'd rather lose myself now than, than lose it forever later. And I know that's not just me, God, but that's people listening on the other end of this message. God, help us surrender. We don't want to just believe and then live our life. That would make zero sense. That we, we want to believe and then follow you. That's where the fruit is. That's where the, that's where the purpose is. God, help us do that. Help us, help us follow you and know that fine print and all, it, it, it's, it's a good day. It's a great day. In fact, that's why we'll never stop declaring the best is yet to come because you know when the best truly starts? When this world is done and when we're done. But until then, there's work to be done and there's souls to save and there's love to give and there's hope to scatter around the world that desperately needs it. And may we be that church that does that in your name, God, and love people like they have never been loved before. And may people know that are hearing this message right now that you love them so much so much, so much that you gave everything for them so that they might give everything back and then and, and you, we work in a partnership and the world will never be the same, God. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, amen. God bless you. Hey, thank you so much for watching today. Hey, before I even get started, I want to tell you that we're actually selling this collector's edition book, $99, personally signed by, actually initial, I couldn't sign it, it was too small, but I initialed this personally by me. So, I mean, I don't think you can pass that up, the life you always wanted. So, get that out of the way. Secondly, thank you for watching and thank you for sharing this message. If there's, out of this series follow, this is probably the, my, the one that I've been waiting for the most because I think that so many people need to hear this message about what it means, the fine print of following Jesus. So for those, for those of you that will take the step and share this with others, thank you. You're getting the word of God out to people that desperately need it. For those of you that give financially so we can do what we do each and every week and through the week, thank you. You're investing in life change and it's making a huge difference, finally. Next weekend, remember, Nebraska Christian College, baptism bash, extended worship, music, parties, baptism, free Kona ice. It's going to be incredible. Join us out there at 10 o'clock. Man, we cannot wait to see you. I love you so much, and God loves you more. God bless you.